0: Hi, I'm Talia Baroncelli and you're watching Theanalysis.news. I'll shortly be joined by Sergio Nazzaro to speak about the arrest of Matteo Messina Denaro and the Italian mafia. If you'd like to donate to this show, please go to theanalysis.news and hit the donate button at the top right corner of the screen. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and to our YouTube channel, that way you won't miss any future episodes. Back in a bit. On January 16th, Matteo Messina Denaro was arrested at a hospital in Palermo, where he was getting cancer treatment using the health card of a man by the name of Andrea Bonafede. The arrest came approximately 30 years after he had gone into hiding. Denaro was responsible for numerous killings and was complicit in the assassinations of renowned anti-mafia prosecutors Giovanni Falcone and Paolo Borsellino in Palermo in 1992. Falcone and Borsellino had been the first prosecutors to thoroughly investigate and threaten the Sicilian mafia, Cosa Nostra. Their investigations triggered the top brass of the mafia, and Cosa Nostra's response was to blow up an entire section of a highway in Capaci, outside Palermo, where Giovanni Falcone was traveling on May 23, 1992. The explosion killed Falcone, his wife, as well as three members of his police escort. Several months later, on July 19, 1992, Paolo Borsellino was killed by a car bomb outside his mother's place on Via D'Amelio in Palermo. Five members of his police escort were also killed. Borsellino's notorious Red Agenda, where he would allegedly write down his observations on the connections between the state and the mafia went missing and was never stored in evidence. Even though there was video footage, showing a police officer removing it from the premises of the car bombing. Following these attacks, Cosa Nostra's campaign of terrorizing Italy continued, and there were several attacks in Rome, Florence, and Milan, which killed 10 people and damaged cultural sites. In 1993, Cosa Nostra boss, Toto Rina, was arrested for his involvement in the assassination of Falcone and Borsellino. Rina's strategy of attacking the state in particular, the judiciary, was not subtle and drew the full attention of law enforcement. With the recent arrest of Donato, it is unclear as to who will take over Cosa Nostra and what additional information on the massacres of the 1990s, if any, will be revealed. Joining me now is Sergio Nazzaro. He's a former spokesperson for the Parliamentary Anti-Mafia Commission and is a journalist who's written extensively on the mafia both in Italy and internationally. Thank you so much for joining me, Sergio. Thank you. So, Matteo Messina Denaro, Italy's most wanted boss, was recently arrested on January 16th of this year, 2023. And the timing of the arrest is somewhat suspect if you look at the arrest of the boss of bosses of Cosa Nostra, Totorina, which took place pretty much 30 years ago to the day on January 15th. The government at the time was a right-wing government. It was former Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi's Forza Italia Party, which was in power. And the current government in Italy is Giorgio Malone's uh, right-wing government, a coalition between uh, Fratelli d'Italia and the Lega Party. And so I wonder if the current government gave concessions to the mafia in exchange for the arrest of Matteo Messina Denaro.
1: Well, uh, Matteo Messina Denaro, the arrest of the last uh, big boss of the Mafia, or at least the Mafia that uh, challenged the Italian state with the bombings in 1992, the killings of the judge Falcone and Borsellino, of course, is a great victory by the Italian state, uh, the law enforcement, in this case the Carabinieri, that made this incredible operation. The judges that follow the operation, and yet uh, on, on a on on a side we celebrate a lot of. And of course, as you said, there are a lot of unanswered questions that we really hope that this time we are going to find the question because, of course, uh, we are uh, at least in Italy. Uh, the arrest of Matteo Messina Denaro is still developing news. What did happen? In 30 years, not 1 year, not 2 years, not 3 years, not even 10, 20, 30 years at large. And where it was, he was in his hometown. So, it brings a lot of questions. Uh, Later was talking also, one of the judges, that she retired meanwhile. So, can you imagine how much time we were looking for this man? That let's remember, he's a killer. It's not an incredible figure, it's just a, a killer, eh? a dangerous one. And Matteo Messina Denaro killed also children, let's remember. He was behind bombings, killings, extortion, all what you can name it. And this judge is a woman, Teresa Principato, said, After a while, I had the feeling that we couldn't get. Him. Because we were always very close and every time something happened and we couldn't catch him. So, there are so open questions because when we talk about mafia it's never so simple. And this is very important to understand that also the big distinction that we have between uh, in international side, we call it organized crime. And looks like mafia just belongs to Italy. Maybe it's because we know how to fight very well mafia in Italy. And let's make the first point. If you have a bunch of criminals and you arrest them, you stop them. The danger is over. Why we cannot stop mafia? What makes a criminal different from a mafioso? Connection. Because, not just in Italy, but all around the world, and you can find many examples, when the institution, at least part of this institution, that are in charge to fight back organized crime or mafia, they are connected. And we are talking about judges, law enforcement, public officials, politicians. These, these kind of connection makes mafia extremely dangerous, makes mafia go deep in the civil society, in the public life of a nation, and this brings a lot of question. So, Matteo Messino Denaro was at large for 30 years. What did happen in 1992 or 1993, the so-called bomb season? There were bombings all around Italy. In just a moment, everything stopped. Totorina was caught later on. Provenzano, that was the boss of the silence, so he didn't like this kind of strategic war, you know, bombings, shootings, and so on and so on. So, already at the time, we suppose that Provenzano gave up Totorina. In exchange for peace with the Italian state. Let's remember, we are talking little parts but very powerful inside the state that may be. We had also a trial, a very famous trial called the Patto Stato Mafia, to try to understand what really was going on. So, we are trying to answer to all these questions. We are trying to answer how Matteo Messina Denaro was going all around. He had a normal life, several different identity cards, and looked like no one saw him and he was in his hometown.
0: Right. You bring up the pato uh, Stato Mafia. So, in English, that would be this agreement between um, the Mafia and elements within the state. So, it could be secret services, it could be people in the government. And there have been numerous um, investigations showing that there was indeed this connection between uh, Cosa Nostra and, um, you know, members of, of the secret services and the government. And Marcello del Utre, for example, he was the advisor to uh, former president Berlusconi, and he served a seven-year uh, sentence right. for collusion with Cosa Nostra, and uh, in particular, I think, with uh, Matteo. Matteo Messina Denaro, but also with Provenzano. Um, Do you think there's any politician right now that would have similar connections to the mafia, or are we past that phase? And is it it more underlying, um, sort of implicit connections that aren't as apparent as, say, Marcello Dell'Utri with Cosa Nostra?
1: We have already uh, proven tracks in open trials, public trials, that shows that Mafia, as well, Ranked and Camorra, from ever, that connection with part of the state, time by time, as we said, with public officials. This is history, that's it. But let's also be clear, you cannot move billions of euro. you cannot uh, invade. public administration, control money or gas, oil, public construction and so on and so on without the help from someone inside. And time by time, sometimes the people suppose that there is just one in church. You named Marcello de Lutri that served a sentence of seven years and he was also a co-founder of Forza Italia. And in Italy, when there is the political discussion, it's just like, well, you know, not something so serious. Can you imagine something like that? Let's remember that the majority of the Italian people, the majority of the public officials are fighting back. But we know well that you just need one couple of them in the right position to change all the game. And time by time, it's like uh, when you ask who did bomb Judge Falcone and Judge Borsellino. Was just one mastermind or there was a merging of interest by so many? By so many people all around. And so uh, I think that we are going to find other proofs very soon, other connections more open, and I'm also quite sure that the really important one is going to be difficult to find out.
0: So you think that his arrest will potentially shed light on the killings of uh, judges Giovanni Falcone and Borsellino and maybe even expose certain members of the intelligence services or the state who were involved in these killings? Because it couldn't have just been, as you mentioned, it couldn't have just been a few um, mafia criminals organizing this. I mean, if you look at Giovanni Falcone's, um, uh, the attack on his life and the assassination, it was, I mean, this was on a huge highway in Capaci, in Sicily. And the amount of explosives they used to detonate this highway, it left a crater with a diameter of 100 meters. I mean, to know exactly where he was at that moment, and, and to set off all of those explosives, that is just something that definitely, in my view at least, needed outside help. So, do you think that maybe with the arrest of Denaro? We...
1: I hope so that we can explain something more, but uh, it's going to be more and more difficult. Uh, Matteo Messina Denaro, uh, I don't know, I, I'm sure it's not going to talk. Uh, what kind of level is Matteo Messina Denaro of secrets? Maybe he doesn't need to talk. And uh, because if it's true that for 30 years he was protected, by whom? And if it's going to talk, it's going to shake from the ground the Italian state or again some part of it. It's really something that can happen. Yes, of course, we hope so, but. I think it's going to be difficult, because not the bombings just of Falcone, but Borsellino that happened a couple of months later, still so unknown. Again, the Mafiosi themselves, they were speaking like, why we did this one? To whom we had to make this kind of favour? Because uh, Borsellino, the bombings was just before uh, there was an Italian law in August that was very important to bring more, um, you know, uh, 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 more strong reaction against mafia, um, uh, uh, for mafia penalties. It looked like uh, it's like you do a killing, but doing that one, you know that the state is going to react more strong against you. So it's kind of you know you already killed a judge while you are declaring an open war that you know that you cannot win. So what was going on? What really was going on? What kind of uh, powers were shifting? Let's remember that in nineteen eighty nine the Berlin Wall collapsed, let's say like that, the communism collapsed. So a uh, old world was disappearing, a new one was coming out. But again, we are talking about something that is thirty years ago. Who did plan? Who did make it? Who did realize all this? In a way one. Because we are still Till with the hands full of this mystery, unsolved situation, we have the famous uh, Red Agenda, the Red Notebook by uh, Borsellino, that the brother, Salvatore, is still asking where it was. And we have the frames where a Carabinieri took the bag of Judge Borsellino, second after the bombings, and we are talking about a huge blast. In the city of Palermo, everything is burning. A carabinieri, an official by carabinieri, take this bag and disappear the agenda. He was on trial. He said that he didn't remember to whom he gave the bag. And nothing did happen, really. Yeah,
0: and the official explanation is that, well, the the agenda this red notebook must have fallen out of the bag and it must have been burnt in the explosion which killed uh, uh paulo borsellino um uh that day uh, i think it was in 1992 july 19th 1992 in uh, via d'amelio and yet how would this bag still be intact if there was such a huge explosion it doesn't really make any sense that the bag was intact and yet uh, the the red agenda is gone. So that's a huge question mark. But maybe
1: we can- May I I point out, so not the only hope, but I have a great hope that finally we arrested him. Was a planned situation? Was everything's planned that this was the moment or finally in Italy, an old system, it's out, it's over. And so finally, the judges, the carabinieri, could catch this fugitive. Finally, after so long. So this is another important question. Maybe we are living an historic moment where everything's changed. What I really don't want to hope, I really don't want to think that an old system is over and a new one is coming in. And one is getting the old secrets to keep carrying on. This is really, uh, let's say, uh, my personal point of view, a bad hope that I have, but, you know, after 30 years, we cannot really be optimistic about uh, the situation. So let's see what it's going to develop next time.
0: If you look at the current, mafia landscape in Italy, Cosa Nostra is not nearly as powerful as the the Calabrian mafia. So I wonder if the arrest is maybe somewhat anticlimactic because Cosa Nostra doesn't have the same uh, reach as it used to. And the Ndrangheta, they're not as flashy. I mean, they're extremely violent, but they're not as flashy when it comes to uh, killing members of the judiciary, or, or uh, you know, setting off huge explosions in capitals or in, in big cities such as Rome, Florence, Milan. They have a slightly different strategy.
1: Well, uh, the arrest of Matteo may Denaro maybe, um, let's say, also something. He was important. He was a boss, but he also was also a symbol. Was he really in charge of? I don't think so. I mean, everything maybe was. Always under his control, but he was anyway a fugitive, he was more a symbol than a powerful, I mean, uh, uh, executive CEO, let's say, like that. Okay, and right, uh, we have also in Reggio Calabria the uh, trial Andrangheta uh, Stragista, that it's about Andrangheta, the slaughter uh, that happened over there there is also this vision, because when Cosa Nostra planned the attack on the state, the Italian state, with the bombings in 1992, of course they asked the help also from Drangheta. They also then would attack the Italian state. Looks like that the Drangheta, in a way, they did agree on the plan, but they didn't execute having the vision that, of course, if you were planning to bomb the Italian official, public official, the Italian state would have reacted very strong. And so, if you can see Drangheta played on double side, yes, we are with you, Masio moves the attack on the Italian state, but they are going to pay what they did. Meanwhile Drunk it up became more and more silent and Drunk it up became more and more powerful, as you say it as a different strategy. And so what it brings that today of course I'm sure that who is in church is already in church from long time before the Matteo Messina Denaro was caught by the Carabinieri. On the other end that Ndrangheda, it's the ruling mafia, let's say like that, also this one it's quite sure. But let's also remember that we are talking about situation and people about 30 years ago. And many of these people, maybe very soon, they are going to be free. So this is a next chapter that we have to check out what is going to happen.
0: Yeah, what will happen when these people are released from jail after they've been held on the very harsh uh, prison regime of 41bis, which is, you know, it's it's a prison regime which is extremely harsh compared to other prison regimes in Europe. And I think the UN has actually criticized Italy for implementing it because it ensures that people who are in jail under this prison regime don't have much contact with the outside world and I guess the rationale behind that would be to prevent mafia bosses from communicating their orders out into the world while they're in in prison but do you think that it's a a tactic or or a regime that should be upheld or that it actually is maybe in violation of certain human rights and dignity
1: no no absolutely not Absolutely not. Uh, UA when they, um, I mean, made pointed out to the Italian state that the 41 Bs, it's too much stuff, and we needed to change. My personal answer is that Europe doesn't know what is mafia, or they don't want to know. We are talking about people that kill other people they are in charge of killings if they don't do it personally they can order the killing and the massacre of hundreds of people this what did mafia in italy it's not a movie it's not a tv series people were slaughtered by mafia and by hundreds of them in sicily thousands of them by camorra and campania so in Puglia, so in calabria now Let's explain once and for all what is this 41B regime in the Italian jails. It's very simple. It's not for the such of crime that you committed, because we don't give it to pedophile, right? Because you catch the pedophile, you put it in a jail, and it's over, For at least for that person, the issue, and how can be dangerous this person inside and outside. When you go to the 41Bs, you are alone in your cell. You have 15 square meters, more or less, you have the television, Uh, you have a couple of hours out, that's it. There is no torture, there is no violent brainwashing, there is nothing at all of this. You cannot talk with your families, you can talk with your families, your relatives, but must be a glass between you and your families. Only with the lawyer you can have a direct contact and that's it. You cannot write letters, you cannot make calls, you cannot use internet, and so on and so on. So why are you complaining Europe? Or someone that bombed people, killed people, I have to make him free to contact other people outside. A mafia boss, you have to stop him by not allowing to have contacts with the outside world. But there is something else. You, mafia boss, you don't like this regime in jail, this kind of... It's very simple. You can collaborate. Very simple. Why you don't collaborate? Because the last issue that we had with Europe was the thoughts of the mafia people that don't collaborate. They don't repent and they don't talk, they can have some, uh, you know, permission. And we said no way. So, when they complain that it's so tough, the situation in jail, yes, well, you can talk. Why not? Because you are a mafia man, you have the code of silence, you cannot talk. You can talk. And you are going to be in a different situation in jail. It's a war. It's a real war. This is one side of the story. Because the other side of the story is that the mafia, mafia and drunk and camorra, they're becoming more and more silent. Very soon, when we are going to talk about mafia in Italy, the people are going to question why well, we are talking about this issue. They don't shoot anymore, they don't put bombs around. Yes, because the other phase of the mafia, not just in Italy, all around the world, is so-called corruption. White-collar crimes. It's always, and it's been, and it's going to be always about the money. And so, mafia became something that, as a cancer, it's going to get, it's already in, in the legal economy, and it's going to kill the... Legal economy, but be careful, it's a cancer for democracy.
0: It is, but perhaps the approach of breaking up the mafia hasn't been very effective if you look at law enforcement over the past few decades and the war on drugs, which solely s- seeks to target supply. I mean, I, I wonder if trying to break up these international networks would be more effective if uh, drugs were. And legalized and also decriminalized because then they could potentially break up these massive uh, cartels, um, which have you know their bases all over the world, and it's not just an Italian problem. Um, so I wonder what you think because currently the Drangata has revenues of over sixty billion euros a year. That's I mean that's like McDonald's combined with Deutsche Bank. <laughs> when you look at the revenues that's-,
1: that's right. I was reading the same economic data yeah, I tell you this one uh, in twenty twenty two in italy the uh, Italian law enforcement sized 90, 91 tons of drugs sixty seven point seven tons of these drugs were ashish or marijuana so Let's say that it's left out around 20 tons of cocaine that was sized in one year. I was wondering how much effort we did put with the law enforcement, judges and so on and so on in trying to catch hashish, these so-called light drugs, hashish and marijuana. So for me about this we really need to talk about legalization. I mean, they did it in the United States. I mean, they are not the stupid ones in the United States. We have to find in Holland the reason. In Holland, it's the same. So now I want just to talk about the data. 91 tons of drugs, 20 are cocaine. About these 20, I need to make a real fight. I need to make real education to people. Because much it's not just the one that sells you the drugs. But you are a compliance you work for drunkard and mafia when you do cocaine. Let's be clear about. Now all the effort for this almost seventy tons of light drugs maybe we could have saved this old strength this whole you know main power to do something else. So it's maybe it's something that we need to think about seriously seriously. Because, as you see, the biggest part it's always about these light drugs. And about the rest, it's that Italian law enforcement, It's I must say, they work uh, 24-7 all the year round. Every day there are arrests, people in jail, we break them all the time. If not, it's not so powerful as before, it's because we know how to fight them. And on any kind of level, from the street crime level to the white collar level, so now the fight gets more and more complicated it's it's uh, uh, on an economic level, you know, and over there we have to be careful and more we have to play a game altogether in Europe. United States, Canada, South America, because money spin all around the world just like that. doesn't belong just to law enforcement and judges to fight mafia on the economic level, but also to the banks. When you talk about 6 billion euros, can you tell me where is this money?
0: Probably in offshore accounts.
1: Yes, but these offshore accounts to whom belongs? Their the bank system. They are in our system, so we want to decide to fight back seriously or not. You cannot move such a money, imagine that there is a mafioso old style with the coppola, the gun in the hands, you know talking in with a slang Italian slang. No you need accountant, you need people from finance, you need people you know with a lot of economic degrees in the pocket to do such you know moving such amount of money all around the world. So let's focus what this is important. Because if all the people feel that this is our democracy and we need to protect our democracy, because all this money it's money that is stolen from taxes, public hospital, public infrastructure, streets and so on and so on public school. Do we want to understand that the fight to mafia it doesn't belong just to judges and law enforcement, but belongs to everyone? Because there is a lot of communities that they fight back and they restore communities, lands, and they try to build new kind of jobs, new kind of civil life. They try to build new communities. Now it's time to decide on which side we want to stand. Because we can stand on the side that I go to work in the evening I go to buy 100 euro of cocaine and I'm happy like that. Or I decide to build a different kind of society where the money is not the city center of my life because also we have this issue why the mafia organized crime are always so weeding in our societies? Because we talk about money from the dusk till dawn. Money—it's always about the money for the mortgage, for the school, for children, for dresses, uh, for uh, restaurant, and so on. And so on. we, the people, always talk about the money. So if the Western countries have decided that everything is spin around the word money, organized crime, and mafia, they are going to always win. Because they make the most of the money, faster, and they enjoy more. I hope I'm clear about this point. If we have no different values, it's also with values, not just with weapons, that we fight back mafia. Because if the people, that they go to work, and they cannot afford a mortgage, they cannot pay the public transport. They cannot have a right hospital. They are going to ask help and rights somewhere else. But duty and rights belong to the state. Your rights are given by the state. But if you fail me as a state, I'm going to ask somewhere else. Because it's incredible that I go to work
0: I think there are a lot of factors at play here because you can also talk about different elements of the economy and maybe even talk about austeri- austerity policies that have been imposed on Italy um, by virtue of Italy being part of the Eurozone and you know the, so- the so-called sovereign debt crisis, which was actually more of a banking crisis in, in 2010, which spawned a whole bunch of uh, European central bank policies that required Italy to tighten its belt its monetary belt and to cut spending towards uh public infrastructure schools and that sort of thing so people are cash strapped and oftentimes there aren't that many jobs so then they do turn to the informal economy or to the mafia to find employment because the state isn't really there to help them in, in any way um and i think another interesting thing which maybe you can reflect on as well is how especially in in the south in in areas where they hire migrant workers seasonal workers they don't really give them proper um, uh, permission to work or any sort of uh, document which would legalize their stay and and their right to work and so that also pushes a lot of um, sort of racialized criminalized migrants into the hands of the mafia to be exploited
1: yeah of course because any time you have not the state and the law of the state behind you it's going to be someone else. That is quite clear. As you say, it perfectly. I am a businessman. I'm trying to have my restaurant or my hotel or my business. And now just for a moment <coughs> there is speculation on the oil on the gas price and so on and so on. My electricity bill is skyrocketed. Just like that. I go to the bank, I ask for a loan, the bank that we saved in 2010, I don't get the money. You going to ask the money somewhere else. Oh, someone is going to offer you this money. So we, we really need to understand what kind of society we want. Because if I am an honest businessman and the first time that I'm in a difficult position the state fails me to help me, to support me the aims of the organized crime are just behind the door. They are waiting for it. And so, of course, it's uh, for me personally it's not a choice between being honest or not honest. But let's face also the difficult times that the people really face day by day. Because at the end of the day, you want to bring food on the table for your family, for your children, and so on and so on. And now, the state has to play always that vital role to be there, and more as to be there for the most weak part of the population, for the most fragile, Because you need to help, you know, not in the city center, but really where no one arrives. But imagine in South Italy, but we can name it so many places. You need to have a car to go and work and after you have to pay the insurance for the car, but it gets always more expensive, so you don't pay the the insurance and you go by there. Why? Because there is no public transportation, because the public money is stolen time by time from corruption or organized crime that are dealing with politicians. So we really need to face all this together. And remember that if there is a state I need my rights guaranteed by the Italian state, not by someone else. It's always this. The story goes just like that. Because at the end of the day, you need to survive. So every citizen cannot survive, but need to live. This is what is right about a democratic state
0: perhaps we can give some historical context to the power that the mafia has in Italy to, you know, how entrenched the mafia is in the Italian government and Italian society. And um, my question would be, is the Allied invasion of Sicily that happened in 1943, do you think it's overplayed in terms of how significant that was for helping the mafia consolidate its power? Or do you think it actually is very revealing because uh, the Allies and, and the American government, they brought in a lot of um, mobsters from the U.S. who you know had left Sicily and they brought them back to Sicily to ensure that, that the local mafia would gain some control and to prevent maybe the population from supporting the communists. So I wonder what you think about the significance of that. Well,
1: also these we have historic tracks about this. Uh, the Allied invasion in Sicily, uh, there was a lot of help by the Mafia or the people that was in church. Of course there was a greater good to follow. We had to fight back the Nazis and we needed to invade Sicily and we needed an open road in Sicily. Who could assure that we had this open road? So, you see, time by time, it's not, again, a mastermind that is planning everything, but it's just interest. There are similar interests that bring some disaster. Because after we had a lot of time its historical position, this one that Italy, it was a very crucial nation also during the Cold War era. But now starting from that point, you, it's a kind of, uh, left an open gate to such criminal power. And it's true. It simply is true. Also because it's proven by the historical tracks that we have about this. But you imagine that until the 80s, Mafia was not even a law we had almost against the mafia. Giovanni Falcone dies because he was the first one to understand with other extremely very valid colleagues as Borsellino, but there were other judges and other public officials from law enforcement that understood the power of mafia. Already at the time, it was not just people shooting each other. It was about the money was about the money, was about real estate in Palermo, was about any money from the Italian state. It was always a, a fight about money, not just the tra- drug trafficking and so on and so on. Let's remember also people like Michele Sindona, that started from Italy, bought a bank in the United States, that after he was killed an Italian jail. So on and, so on. and it was the time of mystery. In the, uh, 1982 we had the Maxi processo that finally brought the Mafia on a trial, and we won. So, let's put it in a historical context. The, the war ends in 1945. The first trial against the Mafia, serious one, the one that you cannot escape, was done almost 40 years later. Now, South Italy is very late compared to the North Italy. If you want to go by train from Rome to Reggio Calabria, you make it faster taking a plane from Rome to Dubai. It's reality. Now we can deal with many historical situations, positions, and so on and so on. Uh, there is a terrible situation about hospitals, public hospitals in Calabria was just on the shoulder of Drangheta, yes because Drangheta they really were inside, they put their heavy hands inside the public health sector in Calabria. People if you get sick in Calabria have to go to take care in Milano, can you imagine? And the people, where it was the people? Because you see it's also the silent from La Borghesia Where is all these people, lawyers, teachers, um, businessmen that they were fighting back? I mean, a public hospital—it's for everyone. Now, also this let's focus was just drunk at a problem, or again similar interest politicians, businessmen that they wanted to really steal money from the public sector and so on and so on. So they. Altogether, such interest destroy the land. And what is really funny, that when it comes summertime, we run to South Italy, because the most beautiful sea is over there. So we run in Puglia, we run in Campania, we run in Calabria, we run in Sicily. And after, when it comes autumn, the young people has to run away from their own land, because there is no future
0: there's a brain drain from the south to the north and also outside of italy
1: and this is extremely sad. so you see when we talk about mafia it's not that we are making this conversation something so specialistic we are maybe we are so involved in the in this topic no mafia makes money from every and each sector worldwide so it means They make money from every aspect of our life. Example, yes, trash, and there is mafia in. Public construction, hotel, restaurant, you go gambling, uh, you name it. In any situation, public uh, health sector, hospitals, travels, whatever, you name it. Pizzeria restaurant again—they are everywhere. So why we don't talk about the mafia every day? So let's not be so surprised when Matteo Messina Denaro is arrested, where we started. You see, we go back to the main point. Why we are so surprised? Why we don't talk about mafia every day? because we suppose that it's just about drugs or uh, weapon trafficking and so on and so on and what about what you eat on your table about your vegetables your fruits all the stuff that you buy in a supermarket they try they just try to put their hands on any business it's business with violence it's business with a gun
0: Yeah, undermining the mafia in Italy would also require undermining the entire political system and the way that the economy functions. So it's not just the task of, you know, breaking up these criminals or breaking up the cartels that they work for, but also targeting, you know, these really entrenched relationships and ways in which they're connected to government bodies, to the intelligence services, to the waste industry, as you were referring to. So it is... Um, a monumental task
1: yes but also again i think i believe that the majority of the people so it's the majority of the public officials, secret service businessmen normal people they want to live a honest life it's not just a good idea it's reality it's always that of course when you're following your own life it became difficult to you know uh, face all this but again, I'm I'm a volunteer in one of these mafia confiscated assets where we work, and there are a lot of more and more communities. There is a lot of civil society in Mazzaro del uh, Capobello di Mazzara, where where was arrested Matteo Messina Denaro. People went went on the street making demonstration. For Carabinieri, for the Italian state, the people didn't stay silent. So the real question is why a little minority can always, you know, rule on the majority. So we need, maybe that we need to wake up, because I'm sure that a businessman wants to play the a clean business, because the business that is infiltrated by the mafia play against him strongly. Because, of course, you have a different kind of uh, economy that is, you know, really vicious. So you are going to always lose. Because we, if you have two restaurants, I'm the honest one. I pay my people, I pay all the taxes, I pay all the bills and so on and so on. And the other guy don't. I'm going to close my shop in six months. So we need to understand that we are the majority. And we need to fight back. Where is the real point? that we need to take care of this. We have not anymore to think that you are going to take care for me of this situation. But we have to take care of the fight against the mafia, against corruption, and so on and so on. We need to take in our hands the fight against these people. Because otherwise, we always suppose that it's going to be someone else doing this fight for us. And this is the biggest mistake and the bigger help for mafia that you can give.
0: Sergio Nazzaro, thank you so much for joining me to to speak about the mafia and its significance in Italian politics, but also worldwide. And thank you for watching theanalysis.news. If you'd like to donate to this show, please do go to our website, theanalysis.news. Hit the donate button at the top right corner and join our newsletter as well. That way, you won't miss any future episodes. Thank you.